This is Cloud City. Cloud City with Martin Bove. Welcome to all our listeners. Uh, this is Mart Mauvais for Cloud City. We are live from the Windy City, Chicago. Sadly, it's only virtual today. Ivo van Breukelen is my guest. Ivo, welcome in the show. Thank you, Martin. I am very excited to be here today. Thank you so much. It's excited to have you. So, Ivo, um, I gave you a little homework, yeah, a, a job to do, uh, a quote. What is your favorite quote? So um, my favorite quote has is actually coming from Theodore Roosevelt, uh, which obviously is an old statesman here uh, in the U.S. And um, his quote is about, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if, if you're familiar, but it's it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, who faces merit by dust and sweat and blood, who strives fatally. So... Um, this is something that I live by and I strongly believe in and I think really hits, uh, uh, nails it down, basically uh, meaning that, you know, everything in life is about doing and about saying and, um, you know, trying to make things better, uh, shifting paradigms and, and really trying to uh, work hard. And that's my, you know, that's what I do. Uh, that's what I live by. And that's what uh, inspires me a lot. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds really uh a good match with you, who you are because uh, you are actually uh, from the Netherlands uh, not born far from the Belgian border um, you even called yourself half a Belgian uh, but now today you're living in the, in the States <laughs> you, yes you had a great trip around the world also uh, can you tell me more about yourself um, and, and how do you got uh, there yeah no absolutely um, so yeah I was born and raised in Maastricht uh, which obviously is Limburg, but obviously the Dutch part. And quite frankly, I, I don't necessarily call myself half Belgium, but you know, it's it's typically a joke uh, from you know in the Netherlands that if you're from Limburg, you're Belgium. Um, so in terms of football, soccer, uh, depending where you are, you know, I definitely support the Netherlands. Uh, but I feel very much aligned uh, with Belgium, obviously. And you know, as you mentioned, I have quite an international background. I would say. Um, born and raised, obviously, in Maastricht, I lived there my entire life, then basically moved to Tilburg, which is a city in, the, you know, Brabant, and I studied there international business and economics. Um, and then, you know, I, I used to play a lot of poker in my student uh, days, and, you know, um, I it was a means for me to basically uh, make a living, you know, and, and, and therefore I traveled quite a bit around the world playing tournaments, you know, in Vegas and Macau and the UK. And I went to Costa Rica. I've been to a lot of places because of that. And I really enjoyed it. It was for me eye-opening, you know, um, really visiting a lot of different countries, cultures, languages. You know, this was this mystic thing, right? And uh, I enjoyed it a lot. And because of that, I decided that after my studies, you know, I, I, I you know, I had to figure out what to do, right? And um, I thought, you know what, I want to be abroad, I want to live abroad, and I and I, I, I want to be involved in business. So um, I was ambitious, and I got fortunate to 
be able to uh, work as an expatriate in, in Vietnam. So basically, I was appointed by a Dutch uh, company to basically start, initiate uh, a, a facility, production facility in Vietnam um, with another Dutch guy. So we basically built up that, that business from scratch there. I would love support, obviously, from the Dutch headquarters. Um, and I lived there like uh, three years uh, or so, close to Hanoi, uh, which was fascinating. You know, it's a completely different lifestyle. Worked really, really hard. Uh, got to know a lot about Vietnam, traveled a lot in Asia as well, both for business and uh, privately. So I really enjoy that. Um, from there on, I moved to Argentina, um, lived in Buenos Aires for like two years, which is another fascinating country, another fascinating city. Definitely the city I enjoy living the most. Um, great people, great nature, great food. I mean, amazing place to be as well. I learned again a lot um, from different angles. And then basically around five and a half years ago or so, I um, moved to um, Chicago um, here in the US, obviously. And I call it home uh, these days. Um, and, you know, yeah, I mean, pretty much around. Obviously, uh, traveling is in my nature, I would say. I, I enjoy it a lot. I still do it a lot. I mean, obviously, pre-COVID, pre uh, uh, quite a bit. Last year has been pretty slow, I should say. But yeah, no, quite, uh, quite, uh, quite international background indeed. Okay. So yeah, that's that's basically the synopsis. Uh, you know what I've been doing. So a quick question, Ivo: uh, Do you consider yourself still like a European guy or more an American today? No, I. It's a good question. Um, I definitely feel uh, a European guy. Uh, first and foremost, Dutch, and then secondly, definitely uh, a European. Um, because you know it's it's where you're born and raised. That's where you get your values, right? And that's 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 it's it's still something you know. When when I fly back, which I used to do quite a bit to Amsterdam, and, and you arrive at Schiphol, you always have a sense of coming home. People speak the same language, people look the same, talk the same. You know, so you really feel you have a lot of things in common, right? So a lot of my close friends are folks that I know from you know high school and that kind of thing you know you have a common history so i i think that obviously defines for a large extent what what at least what i call home okay so what do you do today so today i am you know i'm here involved in the construction real estate industry in the us i basically moved here always worked on the business development side of things and you know been involved from different angles um and um yeah very much involved here in the in the construction space um, you know, got involved in the building materials side of things. So, you know, work used to work for a, a green roof, green wall company, um, and you know, biggest manufacturer here in the U.S. Uh, and actually also in the world. And um, you know, selling selling green roofs and green walls, and a, a lot more challenging than in Europe uh, from different angles because obviously Europe milestones had in terms of sustainability and you know the importance of doing the right thing. Whereas in the U.S., it's a different discussion and people tend to, um, you know, ask much more the question, okay, what's in it for me, right? What is what's the bottom line? What does it bring me in terms of uh, value, a dollar value? Still, uh, so it's a different discussion. Uh, Sorry. But still a, an important question, eh? because even in Europe, what's in it for me is an important one to, uh, to yep. touch upon. Eh? Yeah, true. But I mean, obviously, if, if you look at the bigger picture, if you look in Europe, yeah, for example, the new Green Deal, um, that costs a lot of money. You know, and, and, and the question, and what's in it for the Europeans? Well, mainly doing the right thing, right? I mean, obviously there are a lot of side effects and you have a global um, crisis, you know, to address, um, but it's not only monetary, right? It's also about 
doing the right thing. So, I mean, it, it's a balance of things. So I got involved there. And then I was able to, you know, because you go to the Googles, the Facebooks, and the folks, big corporates that basically have the resources to do that. And that want to do that because their employees want them to do it and, and, and their customers expect them to do it. And their investors um, are uh, also, you know, um, um, you know, also have an incentive or, 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 or want to do that. And I was able to build a good network in that space um, and, you know, uh, have a good network, I would say, with all the different stakeholders in the chain. So basically, you know, folks in the architectural engineering community, contractors, and then obviously owners, developers, and, and even some investors, and sometimes speak to ESG and CIO uh, uh, officers, um, which is very exciting. Um, you know, learning obviously what they're looking at. Um, yeah, I find it I find it fascinating, and, and you know, given my international background, I was always able to um, to you know um, meet a lot of people, travel a lot, and 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 therefore you know have a, have an extensive network, and I always like to foster innovation and bring the dots together. So if I see interesting things and people reach out to me and say, hey, I have this, where should I go? I always like to connect people and say, hey, you should look there because after all, it's uh, business is people's uh, 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 management, yeah. I believe. Yeah, true. And, and connecting people, eh? that's what you love to do, eh? if I understand you right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And, and, and can be companies with people or people with people and, you know, really building bridges. Um, yeah, that's that's that's. I, I like to bring the dots together. Indeed. Oh. Yeah, you also have a, a big passion for technology. Remember, um, smart city, property tech, uh, blockchain. Can you tell more about that? Yeah. So you know, I I have a, a personal ambition. I I would say, and basically, you know, if, if you look at a higher level, I'm trying to find solutions for. Uh, the problems of the future, right? I mean, obviously, these days, um, I mean, now it's COVID, you know, which has a huge impact on a lot of things. But if you look at the bigger picture, you know, we have a, some crises. I would say I strongly believe personally that water and energy are two of our biggest crises, at least in the upcoming decades. And this 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 tunes into a lot of different things. Uh, a lot of technologies are being developed. A lot of early stage, a lot are more sophisticated. And a lot are going to dramatically change people's lives. Um, and a lot of folks are not familiar with that, are not knowing what is happening. And, and you know, I, I like to um, I, I like to learn a lot about this. I like to have people around me that know much more about this so I can learn. Um, but I find it fascinating uh, when you mention blockchain or PropTag or smart cities. These are three things that are all connected to a certain extent. And I strongly believe that this is going to change the world for the better. Uh, in different aspects, so you know, I mean, it's 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 fascinating to see what's happening in that space, and you also see what what makes me very excited is that you see a large allocation of human capital into this space. So you see, uh, I have friends, of, for example, coming from the you know the big tech guys, the Googles, the Facebooks that are moving, for example, into the blockchain space. They have a lot of human capital moving in. You have smart cities, which is basically the city of the future. Um, you know, and. And there are a lot of caveats, you know, people can say, you know, I like this or I don't like that. And PropTech is something that is dramatically going to change, um, you know, how we consume living. Um, so all three are very important topics, very important topics. And something, again, that I would like to learn a lot about and make sure that I stay ahead of the curve. Yeah. If you, if you look to smart cities, for example, do you see a lot of differences uh, in the States or between the States and Europe or in other regions of the world? 
Yeah, so smart cities is a is a is a is a tough one. You know, it's 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 um, it's something difficult to grab uh, your head around. It's um, I was last week I was on a, on a call with uh, Yewon Peter Chun. He's uh, a South Korean gentleman, at least born and raised. He, I think he lives now in London, or he's based in New York and London, and he's the president of the World Smart Cities Forum, and he has a project that is called Archive Labs, where they basically you know try to implement the smart city concept i would say and they have i think two pilots one is in hanoi vietnam obviously i'm pretty familiar there uh, some folks in vietnam were there uh in ukraine and brazil i believe and you know it's 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 something that is uh, exciting but it's also something that is difficult because if you talk about geography it's smart city has a lot to do about collaboration because obviously if you are in a city you work with people you work with buildings you work with a lot of different you know, things, uh, I would say, uh, that you have to bring together. Um, so in Europe, for example, it's or in the Netherlands, to say you have a lot of things, uh, what we call public-private uh, partnerships, which is pretty common. But obviously here in the US, that's something, you know, that is much more uncommon. Um, so, you know, there is a lot of regulatory things uh, that you need to get through. And, and smart cities, basically, to summarize it in one word, is basically, you know, everything these days is about data. And a smart city is exactly that. So, you know, I can give you some examples of what how that would look like, what things are being developed, what things are being built. And, and you know, regardless of what you or the audience or I think about this, a lot of things are going to be implemented. Um, and, and that's exciting because a lot of things will make our lives easier. And the question that comes to mind is like, hey, should we all want this? What happens with those data? Who, who has access to these data and so on? Yeah, that's another discussion, of course, uh, more philosophically, maybe. Uh, right. I recently had a discussion with somebody and he told me, yeah, smart cities. Yeah, you have a lot of dead bodies in the streets of smart cities. Um, if you understand what I mean, eh? a lot of startups, companies that uh, want to do something and then it stops. What is your opinion on that? Yeah, I think that's that's just an organic um, uh, um, process, right? I mean, everywhere where there is innovation, um, there is a lot of failure um, because, you know, I, I, I have a lot of investors in my network, folks, venture capital guys, investment guys, you know, a lot of folks that are invested in these startups, obviously seed round, series A, series B, they want to get involved, find that next Facebook growth. Um, and in order to succeed, You need to grow and in order to grow you need to try so um you know it just it's it just a normal process you know a lot of things um and and also in the same industry let's say that small niche in in the smart city arena you know if you talk about tracking uh, packages if you talk for example about sensors you know for example street lights that will not be on unless there is movement and you walk in or walk by for example these these are things that are going to happen right um You get electric bills. You will, for example, you drive with your car and you will automatically, your car will tell you where there is an open spot, um, you know, and, 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 and it will navigate you there. Um, you know, so there are a lot of things that will work. But in order to get there, you know, people need to build. Um, and, 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 you know, and it's organic that, you know, some, some companies will succeed and others won't. So that's, I, I'm not too concerned about it. It's just an old process. Mm, yeah. And property tech, yeah, prop tech. Um, can you explain a little bit, bit about that? Because as I don't know, it's widely known, to be honest. Yeah, yeah so prop tech is, is a very interesting piece. This weekend, I was actually speaking to uh, another 
uh, Belgium, uh, uh, a gentleman, Dirk Paling is his name, and he's the chairman of the PropTech Association in Europe. And very knowledgeable gentleman, uh, very well connected. Um, and, you know, it, it's very encouraging to see everything that's going on because this is also something that I believe is going to radically change a lot of our lives because PropTech includes basically all innovations. So that can be a technology or a business model in the real estate value chain, right? So that can be construction uh, or obviously the property industries. And so you have obviously in that value chain of real estate, you have a lot of different, you know, stages, I should say. So you have the finance and invest stage, right? And then you have the design and build stage by the architects. And then you have market and transact phase. And then you have manage and operation. And then you have little work. So it's a, it's, 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 it's a lot of things uh, together. Um, and PropTech is basically, you know, it's, it's, Definition-wise, it's very broad, uh, but basically it stands for all technology in the in, in in a property in the built environment, right? So that can be a lot of things, um, and there's a lot of investment being allocated into that space. It's it's projected to grow substantially. Understanding again, obviously, all the macroeconomic factors that come into play, meaning that you're gonna have, you know, I think by 2050, I believe 75% of all the people live in a city um so and and obviously now with for example corona you see that people if they go to a work workspace or wherever they go they want a healthy space and a sustainable space right and um um so i mean and a lot of things need to be implemented because if you look at the numbers for example a city like new york city to give an idea 72 percent of all the carbon emissions uh, comes out of the buildings so you know that's if if you want to if you are ambitious and you want to reach certain uh, goals, like you know the Paris Accords, right? For example, um, that's where the biggest uh, gain is, right? So, and, and property tax, prop tax is 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 you know addressing a lot of those things. And and the interesting thing is that you know it, it, it's about AI, it's about machine learning, it's about robotics, it's about 5G. It's all about these technologies of the future that you have to bring together. Blockchain is obviously one, VR, IoT. So it's, it's all about these things that people have read about, that they've heard about. And you have some of the brightest folks that I know working in this space, trying to bring things together, um, you know, and, and a lot of things are obvious to me. A lot of things, you know, have to be figured out, but it's, it's, a, it's an industry that is projected to grow very, very quickly. And the interesting thing for me, at least, um, uh, in this space is that it's global. Uh, because tech, I mean, obviously, you know, initially we had internet revolution, right? You had Google and Facebook. The moment you have a product that works, that is validated, it's a, it's a matter of scaling. And scaling means getting investments in order to grow. Um, but basically, if you, if you have that product, that software or whatever that might be, you know, you can obviously scale it pretty quickly, right? So I think it's exciting. I see a lot of interesting things. Uh, a lot of, again, human capital in that space, a lot of investment being allocated. Uh, and something you know that I am very interested in in this. Yeah, absolutely. So, would you also say um, that, for example, blockchain is actually really crucial for smart cities and proptech to be successful? Uh, yes and no. Um, I think the blockchain space is something that I'm very, very excited about. You know, it's something that I've been preaching already for, I believe, five years now. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that was still early, but the blockchain space is something that is going to dramatically change our lives. I, I think this one is the most obvious one. Um, and a lot of people don't understand what it is. They've heard of Bitcoin and cryptos and, you know, it's, it's all 
like you know it's not tangible right it's digital money um but if you understand and now it's on the front pages of the news because bitcoin hits a new all-time high and you know i think it's just the early cycles uh, of a bull cycle and you know you have these kind of things and um but the big thing here is that the blockchain is going is basically has a lot of use cases in real estate for example you know so yes um it's 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 definitely a part of some of those um um efforts but i think it's much bigger i i actually believe personally that it's the fourth um uh, revolution in the space so after internet the blockchain is going to dramatically change a lot of things the way we do things obviously if you look in terms of i think specifically real estate and finance are two industries that are very conservative are actually behind the curve in terms of innovation um you know i mean finance if you look for example blockchain just two or three ids for you right and, and the audience to to get an id mm -hmm. if you have now you know you have for example an, an, an uh, somebody that is not elected right so the uh, 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 jerome powell which is the chairman of the federal reserve right the central bank here in the us or you have obviously christine lagarde in, in europe these are not elected officials um that have tremendous impact on our wealth our money you know or whatever whatever we have in our savings account because these guys they have the mandate again not by the folks just they're appointed by politicians to basically you know keep balance in 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 in, in the economy right that's that's their mandate uh, what they're basically doing is if you see i mean you hear all these numbers they print unlimited amounts of money right i mean now there is a new stimulus bill in the us um it's projected to be 1.9 trillion dollars 1400 dollars uh, a month to you know the folks that, that that are applicable and i'm like why don't make it five thousand why not make it ten thousand dollars right i mean who, who determines this right and, and what is it so you have you have a debasing of a currency the same in europe where you have basically infinite amounts of money so then people ask, what is the value of the Bitcoin? Well, a very simple example, if you have infinite amounts of money, because where does this stop uh, versus, you know, um, I always try to explain it like this, the Bitcoin, for example, because that's how people know about it. If you, if you and I were to design money, if we could design it, take all the properties, address all the challenges, and we'll, we'll try to make it as good as possible, um, the closest we will be, get, will be getting to is the Bitcoin. Um, because it's decentralized, which I think, you know, I mean, I, I can ramble on on this thing, but if you look, for example, what was in the news with uh, GME, AMC, the, the, the short squeeze was all over the news uh, a couple of weeks ago, basically with Robin Hood. I'm not sure if, it, you know, if, if you guys read about it, but absolutely. Um, yeah. so Robin Hood basically, um, you know, um, determined to, to stop trading in stocks. You could only sell them, which obviously has a downward pressure on the stock price, right? Uh, and one of their investors is one of the companies that was shorting these stocks. So they had an incentive to get a lower uh, stock price or they would be losing money. So this is the perfect use case where I strongly believe that blockchain protocols will be taking over uh, all trading in the world. So you have that would mean that it's decentralized. So there you have a good use case where not one party can take down a system and basically, you know, it's a corrupt system where, you know, one or two or three or Wall Street guys can say, you know what, this is not in our benefit because all these hedge funds are short squeezing um, and that's okay until they lose their own game, right? And then they intervene. So this is for me a typical use case that blockchain protocols will take over. You will get 24-7 markets and it will be decentralized. It just, it just, it's just going to happen. Voting systems too.
in the US, you have all these scandals. Why in these days can we not, you know, track somebody based on their metrics or fingerprints and vote from their phone? Uh, in one second, you don't need to stand in the queue, as all kinds of ballots and that kind of thing. And you have a result literally in five minutes once once all the thresholds are done. It's unmutable on the blockchain. So these are all things uh, that I believe are coming uh, that make a lot of sense. Um, and, you know, the biggest challenge here is for the blockchain, the crypto space to uh, explain, uh, you know, uh, normal folks that are not involved in this industry what it is, you know, because um, the the finance world speaks a different language than the, than the crypto world. And bringing those two together is, is crucial for mass adoption. And um, again, I, I think it's something that is, uh, you know, dramatically going to change the way we do a lot of things. And, you know, but yeah, anyway, I can talk about this forever. Yeah, it's but, really interesting. But you are true. Uh, you're right. Um, Uh, we I interviewed a bank KBC, which is also a big European bank, the CIO, and they yeah. are already implementing blockchain in in uh, financing tra- strategies, um, buying of shares. So they are already implementing the, those things uh, on the blockchain, uh, based on the um, on one of the coins also. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 it, it, it's really something. That is uh, a comment. I know some European companies that are front runners in this space. So related to real estate, for example, um, I was on a call with a Fortune 500 company uh, some some time ago, and um, what 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 these guys are looking at basically all their portfolio um, in terms of assets in st- in terms of stores that they have. It's basically an Excel spreadsheet. So if you can tokenize it, and and, and tokenizing uh, assets is going to come securities. We talk about real estate assets. We talk basically every asset is going to be tokenized at one point. Mm, mm. Uh, this is just this is just going to happen. So and that means that if you tokenize it, you can make um, you 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 create liquidity. So now you have money in a house uh, that is just sitting there. It's not doing anything, and now you can pull that liquidity out, and you can actually use it to to get a yield. So this is something. You know, it, it takes a lot of time for folks to uh, find out, find all the legal things uh, specifically in the real estate industry. But it's definitely something, you know, that is going to work. And, and last thing, if I may, may uh, I obviously I live in Argentina, right? And and if you look and uh, there, you have an inflation rate of 50%. percent. Um, and you know, we always say uh, we as Europeans or Americans, you know, yeah, that's terrible, right? Inflation is terrible, 50% percent terrible. Um, yes, it is terrible, but you only understand it once you live there, because then your money every year is worth 50% less. So where do you think the growth of cryptos and Bitcoin is the strongest in all these countries? Because they have issues and they are looking for safe havens. And and, and, and that is something that cryptos uh, provide uh, and, and blockchain protocols is if you look at the IBMs, the Accentures in this world, I mean, these guys are all in. Yeah, they are, yeah, true. They are building, you know. So it's, I it's think exciting. we, I think we can say that the blockchain is actually uh, all about trust. Uh, you buy trust; it's a contract of trust, actually, um, so, and that's why it's really successful, it, also, eh? between people. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's it's indeed it's a it's a decentralized system where you know everybody has. Yeah, it's a de- it's a decentralized trust. Indeed, it's a community, right? That's mm-hmm. and, I, and I think something one thing that I think is also important to note here, because legacy banks, for example, for example, India is not served, right? There, I mean, 90% of Indians don't have a bank account because the bank says, you know what, all good, but we're not going to serve you. 
because you're not interesting from a from a capital perspective, you only cost money, right? I mean, in terms of clients and all that thing. Mm. But, but every Indian has a phone, and if you have a phone, you can have a wallet, and if you have a wallet, you have access to uh, cryptos, and if you have access to cryptos, you can create all kinds of protocols which are already in the marketplace, where based on trust on, on social media and, and, and referrals and, and that kind of thing, mm. Indians get access from their phone to um, um, mortgages or small investments to start their business so this is going to create a lot of economic activity and it's coming absolutely absolutely oh you also have a network eh, with private equity firms venture capitalists um yeah they're often the bread and butter eh, of success for startups and scale-ups uh, for sure yeah. in smart city proptech um technologies um do you have a view on how they look to the markets and to the future today Yeah, I know it's uh, it's interesting that you say it. So again, you know, I, I uh, my network is, is 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 pretty pretty international. So uh, you know, I speak uh, every now and then to you know managing director of an investment bank. I don't think I can, I can call out names here, but uh, Wall Street uh, based uh, some VCs that I know uh, all over the place, um, and and it's very interesting. So a lot of these guys are you know, I mean they have specialties uh, that they're looking into, right? But if you look, for example, now what's happening in the US, you have a new administration coming in, uh, which has a huge impact uh, on allocating of investments because now with the Biden administration, you see that, for example, ESG, right? Um, there is a lot of uh, money flowing into that space. So meaning that large investors that can be pension funds, that can be uh, property uh, managers, I mean, with large portfolios, Um, you know, diff different folks are basically allocating higher percentage of their uh, investment funds into innovative or emerging technologies. Um, so that creates a lot of cash on one end, and that obviously needs to be matched matched with uh, with opportunities. So um, yeah, I, I, I think it's um, it's it's a global effort. And, and what excites me a lot is that. You know, I, I think the future is very bright in that sense. If you talk about these technologies, if you talk about innovation, if you talk about sustainability, because basically our generation, if I'm uh, so free to say so, meaning millennials do care about sustainability, um, you know, already live in a, digiti a digital world, right? I mean, everything is already from the phone and so on. So these are all kinds of things that are coming uh, at this point. Uh, baby boomers have both the political and economic power and i believe that for example the blockchain space uh, is going to be the biggest transfer of wealth from baby boomers to, to young folks uh, that's a, that's an organic process that's happening and that will then automatically result into more political power too and that will then in itself result in uh, a more ambitious agenda in terms of sustainability and that kind of thing so you know when you look at vcs uh investment banks investors generally speaking It's a global, it's a global business these days, and that's that's very exciting. Um, and, and and I know, you know, it, it's there are a lot of opportunities, and everybody wants to find the right one. Uh, yeah, connect with the money. Yeah, uh, that's a, a good idea in a combination with uh, investors um, and scalability. That's the key. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, Ivo, we are coming to the end of our podcast, uh, our show. Um, Maybe a last question. How do you look at the future? Uh, how do you think it will evolve the coming years after Corona? Yeah, it's 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 interesting. So uh, you know, if 
I think the future is bright. Let me let me say that. You know, I I, I really believe. You know, Corona is now behind us. Yesterday there was an article here that uh, another vaccine is approved, so they expect that every American basically has a, a vaccine by Memorial Day. Let's say so. This thing is going to be over. Um, I don't know what that new and Memorial Day is the fourth of July. I think. Yeah. Correct. Four, yeah, yes. Yeah. So I mean, three, four. Let's say four months from now, right? So. Um, That's exciting. But what is that new normal? Um, you know, I, I think COVID has accelerated a lot of things. Uh, working from home, healthy healthy living spaces. So, you know, I I, I see a lot of good things. Um, I, I'm very I'm very optimistic about the future. Honestly, at the same time, I'm also scared because you know there are so many things happening, and and so many. Difficult questions that we need to address as a as a society. You know, what do we want? How do we deal with this? Right? And um, I think personally that you know the the crisis in terms of global warming is something that needs to be addressed uh, because you know th th this is moving. I mean, we all see what you had it in, and obviously in Belgium and the Netherlands this week that it was minus 20 and then plus 10 a week later. Um, here in Chicago, that's much more normal. But still, I mean, you see that I lived in. In, in, in Vietnam, Indonesia, Myanmar, and you see these people, you know, protect blockchain, all good, but they want to eat and they have seawater that is rising and cities are just flooding, are just disappearing. So I think that that is a concern. I am bright and optimistic that, you know, we as a, as a community will address those challenges. Uh, and, and the future, you know, honestly, it's humankind always evolves, right? Things come on our path, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it, we'll find solutions and make things better. So I'm very optimistic, I'm very excited, and um, you know, I, I'm also very excited to be an insignificant part of that, at building bridges and at foster innovation. Sounds great. Ivo, thank you for the participating in the show. And sure. we will uh, see each other later. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, Martin. I really appreciate it. Take care. And thank Bye -bye. you to all our listeners and uh, we will see you again next Tuesday. Bye. Deze aflevering is mogelijk gemaakt dankzij Microsoft en Aspects. Aspects, de partner met meer dan 15 jaar ervaring in application hosting voor al uw cloud oplossingen. Onze missie: een zorgeloze IT-infrastructuur opzetten op maat van jouw organisatie met gegarandeerde maximale uptime.